0: Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ podcast, Derek here. Eric here. We've got a little a little two pack uh, of, yeah. of of fellas on the on the story, right. uh, and we'll see what we can do here. So let's open up, Eric, with Britney Spears. Um, this saga is very very sad. It's a sort of new development in what's going on with her post conservatorship life. She's got a lot of drama with her children now. Yeah. Um, she posts these sort of when she's not posting dancing videos spinning around. She posts these lengthy. Um, diatribes I'm not sure how you would describe them then sure tribes
1: yeah she probably wouldn't use that word but right, right. Yeah, that's the word I would I, say it's how
0: she'd describe it but in one of them she mentioned how uh, she's having trouble with her kids and and co- refers to them in some pretty coarse terms you know she calls them hateful at times yeah. these are these are teenage boys this is Jaden and uh Jaden and Sean Preston I believe yes. so these are her two sons with Kevin Federline, and she's having a rough relationship and Kay Fed has recently given an interview a lengthy interview to the to the Daily Mail I believe where he's talked about these issues she's had with her children and that they don't see her. So we remember there were bits and dribs and drabs of this. They didn't go to the wedding with Sam Esgari, which is not altogether sort
1: of strange if you think about it. They're they're Kayfet's children. It's a little strange because it's not like they're on the other side of the country. They live down the street from her, basically, and they didn't go to their mother's wedding. But publicly, they were supportive. They yes. said they
0: said we support the wedding. We're just not going to be there. And now more has come out that they haven't seen their mother for five months. Yeah. And Britney unloaded. Said they were hateful. Uh, said it's you know sort of difficult to to deal with rude people uh, like her children. But she's talking about teenage boys who have these tendencies. So what K Fed did. Uh, In response he posted a couple videos of interactions between Britney Spears and her sons. Uh, They're sort of secretly recorded by her sons, but, you know, in the car, in the back seat while she's ranting. One is in a bedroom when she barges in and says uh, one of the boys needs to wear more face cream because his skin (laughs) is coarse. This is my house. If I want to come in here and give you lotion for your face because it is coarse and all you tell me, no, it's fine, it's fine. No, it's not fine. You all better start respecting me. Are we clear? Yeah. And when Robin calls and you're all, you're all, even Robin's a f***ing kid. She goes, what have you been doing to your kids? You're all, you all need to start treating me like a woman with worth. I am a woman. Okay? Be nice to me. Do you understand?
1: Yeah. Have you lost your f***ing mind? Lost I course. do care, but I'm shocked as with you and I don't know what to do and I'm scared of you because you're weird because you're going through puberty
0: I don't know what to say but I do care more than you know
1: if you really cared you wouldn't take my phone away for literally I was in shock in the
0: store when I looked down and Jaden how are you so cool about that your brother being with Bear's big feet size 13 now well he's my brother and, uh, and all the more exposed his feet your blood in an ice cream shop in 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 Alaska weather don't you think
1: that's a little odd? It has shades of Mommy Dearest. It's, it's it's a little odd, but honestly, I didn't think those videos made Britney look that bad. It looked like a mom with frustrated with teenage teen boys. Kids. Like in one of the videos, she was upset her kid had gone into a store with his shoes off. And yeah, moms and teenagers, it's it's a r- rough relationship. Yeah, it's just this one is so public, and now Matt Rosengart, uh, Britney's attorney, is saying that there may be legal consequences for Federline posting these videos, which seems a little extreme. I mean, is she gonna? It was sue her ex husband for posting videos of their children, while she's also having all these you know battles with her her father, father and her mother and her sister and. She's fighting a lot of battles on a lot of fronts, and it seems that now,
0: rather than being in a conservatorship, where a conservator is is meant to look out for your best interests, she's now led by Matt Rosengard, who's a lawyer. Now, yeah. it's not to, to question his motives in any way. I do think he has pure motives of protection of Britney, but the way lawyers think is a little bit more adversarial than a conservator who's looking yeah. out for sort of softer interests and, and how someone's life is being conducted. The lawyer is like, well, I want to fight. Uh, yeah. Usually lawyers are looking to fight. Uh, Matt Rosengard is, is a former prosecutor, and he wants to protect Britney through the legal system. So he's battling Jamie Spears. He, he, with, with regards to what KFED did, KFED's remained pretty quiet through all of this and sort of dignified and at a remove from all the Britney drama. Well, now he's protecting his kids by posting these videos. And Matt Rosengard said, Mr. Federline's ill-advised decision to post an old video of his 11 and 12 year old children was cruel bottom of the barrel stuff. In addition to demeaning himself and violating societal norms, He has now created various legal issues for himself, including but not limited to implicating cyber harassment and cyber bullying statutes. That sounds like a legal threat that there could be criminal implications. There are cyber harassment and cyber bullying statutes that usually involves a crime in California where you can, by electronic means,
1: harass somebody. Would this be this? A father posting videos of his own children with his ex-wife... This sounds like a stretch to me. It sounds yeah.
0: like something that he wanted to sort of crack the whip and tell KFED, stop doing this, or else I'm going to raise it up a level and you could expose yourself. It's sort of a way like sending a cease and desist letter when you don't really have the goods, but you want someone to stop doing yeah. what they're doing. You might say something like this. Or look, you know, Matt Rosengart was a former prosecutor. He knows these laws very well, and he wants to sort of saber rattle a little bit and, and tell KFED. Cut it out and go back to the old cave bed where you were just sort of watching from a distance yeah. and taking care of the boys. So the, I
1: don't know. The, the thing is, though, you say like Matt Rosengart, you know, is the person who's sort of—he's not her conservator, but he is the person in her life now. But the thing is that Jamie Spears, Matt Rosengart, Kevin Federline—they all have a financial stake in Britney Spears. I know because Matt Rosengart, they may be, he may be friendly with Britney, but he still makes money off of her. Absolutely, and so it, that's just everybody in her life, and it always has been. So it, it, this, you you pointed out exactly what is so sad about this scenario. Now Britney Spears, obviously
0: the conservatorship lasted much longer than we all expected. And yeah. I'm I'm on balance happy that she now has some sense of freedom, living under the under the thumb of a conservator for the better part of your adult life. This is not someone who is very, very old and needed care for them. Yeah. This is someone who is sort of dealing with some mental issues. I think it's on balance good that she has the freedom, but it's dangerous as well because she obviously has some erratic tendencies. She lashes out, and if the right person isn't managing her mental state, um, she could be in fights for a very long time if if if, if people around her are advising her to do so. Yeah. You could see her getting riled and, and, up. And now that it's her own children, it's just yeah. even sadder. It's a very very sad situation. Yeah. I hope it sort of turns around, but right now she's in the thick
1: of these battles, and and we'll have to see. Um, speaking of Trump, uh, sad situations for the the country. Uh, Donald Trump after the the raid at Mar-a-Lago, the FBI raid. Uh, you know, the Department of Justice Merrick Garland said they they wanted to unseal. The, the the warrant and what the documents were. Now Trump is saying he is all for it. He has said this is un-American, unwarranted, and, uh, you know, well, I want to pause on Merrick Garland for a second. He took the gloves off. You rarely see did. an
0: AG come out publicly uh, you know, in favor of unseal these documents. The yeah. American people should know what this guy did and why we raided his home and not let him control the narrative. Usually AGs are a little bit more politic about these things. and Merrick Garland has a reputation as
1: not being really a firebrand. He's yeah. a former
0: judge who's become yeah. an attorney general, but he came out and took and, the gloves off. And this off.
1: puts Trump in a corner because if Trump denies unsealing this warrant, then what is he hiding? Exactly. So Trump is saying, nope, that's not Check what I'm doing. Me. But what Trump is already doing is saying that this is a hoax. It's a witch hunt. He's implying that they've planted evidence. So already, no matter what is revealed from this, a good chunk of the country is not going to believe any of it. That's right. Trump uh, is doing his
0: normal playbook of getting out ahead of the narrative to set the stage for, you guys just don't worry about what yeah, comes this out. This isn't real. This isn't true. Uh, yeah.
1: but, but it could have, you know, he can deny all he wants. But... One of the things we, we know that they were looking for now were, were nuclear documents that no president is supposed to ever have, especially not after their presidency and not at their resort home in Florida. Uh, so if we don't know if they found those documents or not or exactly what they are. But if, if Trump was walking off with, with nuclear documents or taking the nuclear codes with him on the way out. no amount of lying is going to get him out of that one. This is absolutely staggering. I mean, we're
0: really in the realm of beyond anything Tom Clancy would write about in an espionage thriller, where a sitting president at the time who has access and a tremendous amount of public trust to manage nuclear information, our most uh, devastating (laughs) weapon that we have on the books, and there were always sort of thoughts about his cozy relationship with Putin and what he would do with all this information. We have what a lot of people consider a a con man in 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 yeah. in the White House who is craven and prone to corruptibility. The the idea that he took n- <laughs> classified <laughs> nuclear information from the White House after his presidency where he didn't believe he lost and shoved yeah. them in maybe a safe. Uh, maybe I, I, I don't know what he was going to do with them. Would he sell them to 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 but a, I, I a mean, foreign
1: leader for money? We, it, this is wild we, we, stuff. We don't know definitely that he had them or or what the intention might have been if he did. The uh, fact for, that there was enough for a warrant. Yes, uh, but so for a historical context for people who don't know back in the 1950s, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were trying to sell nuclear secrets to a foreign power, and they were executed for that. Yes. I, I'm not saying that's going to happen to Donald Trump, but that's the severity of what we're talking about here. It's hard to fathom
0: a crime that is more serious than treason. Yeah,
1: tre- and- treason is crimes are, they're even
0: kind of a, a head of murder in some ways in people's minds because you're betraying an entire country. Yeah. Uh, when we elect officials, I mean, we think of this all as politics is, you know, bare knuckle, and you got to get in the mud with your opponents. But once some someone is elected, they generally act in the best interest of the nation. You know, yeah. the, the the campaigning is put aside and then they're supposed to, you know, uh, manage the country responsibly, not abuse their power and in even, such a way. Even if they fail at way. it,
1: they, you should see that they're trying. Like, there's been some people who weren't great presidents, but they just weren't great presidents. Not I don't know who you're <laughs> referring to. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking of Jimmy Carter, but good <laughs> no, this guy, is true. not a great president. But, like, you know, they they try. Yes. But this is – we're in such uncharted territory now.
0: It, it's really uncharted. And, and, you know, look, we've had terrible presidents in the past, and I know we often have these debates about Nixon <laughs> because I named my daughter Nixon. But the types of things that he did in, in stealing documents from political opponents during campaigns don't rise to this kind of level. Yeah. This is truly – Abuse of of power in a very, very concrete way. Now, look, we don't know that any of it's true. And maybe Donald Trump is telling the truth for the first time about it being a witch hunt. I I don't know. But I do think these processes have to play out. And he can't sort of battle the very fabric of truth um, in a way that will allow this country
1: to recover. That's, that's, (laughs) That's the thing. I just I don't get what whatever your feelings on him, if he did take them and if it was deliberate. That's that's the the safety of the entire nation. Like that that transcends any political party, any whatever. Yeah, we're all in danger if the president's trying to do whatever with nuclear documents. It's crazy. It, it, we always talk about the forty percent that will absolutely defend
0: him to their to their dying breath. But I I don't understand how you'll look at this stuff if if more information comes out that he because was, you
1: don't believe it's true. It's, because because now if they if they produce the documents. Then he's gonna say it's planted even though his own attorney was there, right? Yeah,
0: so we're really in a post truth world, yeah, I don't and know. It's a very strange and disorienting place to be but we'll <laughs> have to see how it plays out it, it, You know this development though. I just I just we had to sort of at least speak about how how far we've come I mean, these yeah. are things that wouldn't be even written about in fictional senses yeah, because it would it, seem it's, it's like too oh, that's crazy It's it, yeah. a crazy plot from a James Bond movie, but here we are here we are Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. All right, so moving on to um, some really, really sad news. Mo- uh, really sad news. Sorry, in the in the podcast. uh Situation. So yeah. we know that she uh, sort of drove her car uh, into into a home, uh, burst into flames, and she was carried away in an ambulance. Well, now we've learned that she's not expected to survive her injuries. You know, she suffered the the charred remains of that car. Just showed that if she was trapped in that vehicle, it must have been very serious. Uh, yeah. When I,
1: when I saw the photo, you know, the first thing I saw was the the, the helicopter video of her on the the stretcher. And, you know, she revived for a moment, so I thought, oh, maybe it's not that bad. And then you see the photo of the car... I, I don't know how she survived it in the first place yeah and she's in very very bad yeah.
0: condition so we we learned that she suffered a severe anoxic brain injury what that is is basically no oxygen to your brain and when your brain has no oxygen that is death they can revive yeah. your heart at times you know you can stop breathing for a period and they can make you breathe but when your brain starts to die that's just death she's been in a coma uh ever ever
1: since Now, so yeah we should say this is we're, we're recording this Friday morning yes uh early Friday morning so as of now she is still alive as far as we know yes. Um, but if they 're taking her off life support, which it sounds like what they 're going to be doing, um, it probably won't be long and her representative has already said that she she was a an organ donor, so they 're already looking into that. Yep. Uh, her rep is speaking of her in the past tense, saying she will be greatly missed, so it looks like there 's no path to recovery here.
0: yeah, and this was a this was a statement from from her reps. This is not yeah. just sort of digging around for clues they 've now come out on the record and said she 's in critical condition, not expected to survive. They are going to look to harvest her organs now. You're going to see now a lot of retrospectives on who Anne Hesh was because when someone passes in this fashion it's easy to get, you know, sort of caught up in in the drama of how they pass and forget really
1: that she was a pretty big celebrity. I mean it's, was, it's hard it's hard for people to remember it, it, for her particularly I think it'll be difficult to divorce because if you remember in her heyday of of the spotlight, she was always troubled. Yes. There was always some sort of you know, controversy swirling around her for various reasons.
0: It, she and, would say sort of wacky things about her family and aliens at times. Yeah, um, and, and, and had she had a troubled, troubled life.
1: Um, it,
0: yeah, it's just, you know, it's just sad. It, it, it is very, very sad. And, and um, you know... It, she's not expected to survive so you're going to see the tribute sort of pouring out she is alive as as of this recording as as eric yeah. said but it, it does look um it just it just looks grim it yeah. just looks very grim looks and sad. there's not much more to say about it other than to celebrate sort of like who she was as a person how important she was to film and and pop culture for a time i mean yeah. it, we, we work in a very young environment but to eric and i like she was a very big deal when she dated yeah. ellen they they were uh you know of a level of like a you know jennifer lopez and and ben affleck Sort of well, it was one that of those things about.
1: It was sort of transformative for the culture too, yes. because it was two women in a relationship that was. They were both very high profile at the time, and it, and it started. It was that era that maybe started changing the country's opinions towards same-sex relationships. So Absolutely, it was, it was a big, big deal. Yeah, it was. So, sh- sh- um, so, um, yeah. That's yeah. the that's the update on N.H. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that were big in the '90s. Yes, here uh, we go. <laughs> Friends, uh, one of the most beloved sitcoms of all time, has uh, of course over the years come under fire for the lack of diversity on the show. Uh, and now Lisa Kudrow, Phoebe from Friends, is saying that uh, the, the Friends creators had no business writing stories about people of color. And this is not her saying that she thinks there should not have been people of color on the show. But And I think she's right. The, the, the writers of that show, she's like, what kind of stories could they have written about people of color? Like, they, they shouldn't have. The issue then becomes, yes. why weren't there writers of color on the show?
0: Yes, that, that that is certainly one of the issues. I, I push back. You and I have some disagreement about this because I think many great works of literature and great works of drama... Are written by people who don't identify with the characters that they create. Yeah. I think that can be okay. In general, I think you want inclusivity, you want more people in the writer room, writer's room with more perspectives to share so that a show can reflect the
1: the, the viewpoints of different no, I, people. I but I, I do agree with necessary. you on that. Marta Kaufman, the creator of the show, has always said like it was based on her friends' group. Right. It was a group of six white people. That those were her friends. Girls got this same criticism. Lena Dunham had a group of white friends. What else was she supposed to write about? interesting to me, though, that there's for years been this criticism of Friends, but you never hear it about Cheers or Frasier or really Seinfeld even. Like, those were very white shows, too. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe because people love Friends so much, and it appeals to so many people. Maybe they want to see themselves reflected on it? I, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, the, the, Cheers, Cheers, Seinfeld. Seinfeld sort of holds
1: up because it was so absurdist.
0: Some of the yeah. premises were not really um, sort of cultural touchstones in the
1: same way Friends was, but when you watch Friends now, but it they're But they're both set in New York City, though, are that's both part set of the criticism. Like, like, you know, the Andy Griffith show was set in a very white community in the early 60s. It makes sense. Yes. But...
0: But when you watch Friends, it seems of the 90s. So does Seinfeld in terms of what they're wearing, but it's sort of universal in terms of, you know, master of your domain. You know, you know these topics that they were discussing and sort of riffing on are sort of universal, right? Masturbation is not going anywhere. You're going to have a, a show that can rip on that and it's going to be funny. When you watch Friends at times, it's a little cringy because there was a lot of gay panic in the '90s. Yeah, there was the interactions noted, between Chandler, Chandler was and terrified. Joey.
1: People thought he was gay. Right. I mean, it's, it's it is very '90s. There are a lot of things about it, but it, th- this is stranger. So Lisa Kudrow, you know, built her career on Friends. She's she's an actress. She's a very very talented
0: person, yeah. and has had a career after Friends that is relevant and vibrant, and she's very well respected. But Friends is the biggest thing Lisa Kudrow has done in her life. Yeah. I I don't love when when they when these actors sort of distance themselves from the thing that made them very relevant. I think she should not necessarily, you know, you know, uh, draw a line in the sand and say I'm going to defend friends to to all lengths, but I think it's okay that the show was written by A bunch of people about their particular experiences and didn't try to condescend and try to step into the viewpoint of you know you know people of color or you know uh, LGBTQ issues because that's not what their context was.
1: No, and it's not what the writers knew.
0: It's It's not what they knew. And and I think also writers can write about things that they don't experience. You know, William Shakespeare wrote Othello. That's one of the greatest you know plays of all time, and it's about a Moorish person. So now
1: Friends is Shakespeare. Okay,
0: all right. It's possible, but it's very very difficult to do. So (laughs) they should probably just. Pack the writer's room. Uh, this is something that I know Harvey is going to feel differently about, so we'll probably have more discussions yeah, yeah, about yeah. this. Uh, let's end on a fun note. So <laughs> this is another uh, sort of sign of the times. Uh, Tommy Lee, uh, the drummer from Motley Crue, posted a full frontal picture of himself nude uh yesterday on facebook and
1: instagram he took it down off instagram but it stayed on facebook for a while i'm not even sure if it's still there i'm shocked no it's been it's been taken off facebook now but facebook and and instagram don't allow nudity like that so i don't i don't know how that stayed up as long as it did twitter you can do whatever you want but it's i was shocked that stayed up so long it's remarkable
0: it's a remarkable Uh,
1: in its visual it's not not subtle it's not like oh you can kind of see it was just a full Frontal naked shot of Tommy Lee, uh, and to put in context,
0: Tommy Lee has one of the most viewed <laughs> and famous penises next to Michelangelo's David. And, We've and impressive, about this. And, impressive. E- and, and impressive, and impressive, uh, and yeah, a lot so, of people have seen it. Famously, the first big sex tape of the '90s was the Pam and Tommy tape, which was stolen. It was by the way. the first life.
1: big sex tape, it, it that, really that predated was. you know Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton and all the other ones that we. think There were some of. in the '80s, like a, there was like a Rob Lowe one that I, I was think, floating I think around. The difference was that the Pam and huge. Tommy came up with. The, the beginning of the internet also. Yes. And so there was it was an easier way for people to see it if they wanted to.
0: Yes. So his his penis became very, very famous in the nineties, but he's one of those characters who, like, notwithstanding there was a show called Pam and Tommy recently, just sort of exists out there now and he's sort of like past his prime. Well, yeah. he he got a big, big headline <laughs> by big posting headline. this. <laughs> um and you know, it was it, it was sort of a fun day. It was fun to reintroduce his penis to a new generation <laughs> because I don't think there was an appreciation. We had talked about honking the horn. We make jokes in the room all the time, but now you've seen it in all its glory. And uh, I don't know that there's much more to say about his penis, but it we was had, the, the older generation,
1: moment. also think of all the groupies that Motley Crue had. They were introduced to it personally. Yes. They probably had first-hand experience. <laughs> uh, I, was, I, I said, like, I think one of the funniest things is that some of the comments on the photo, when he posted it, people were, you know, shocked. Like, children can see this. This is yes. so crass and, like, vulgar. I'm like, He's the drummer from Motley Crue. Crass <laughs> and vulgar has been their thing for 40
0: plus years. This is not a man who puts on three-piece suits no, and goes and, into and an also, office. No, and also,
1: what 16-year-olds yeah. what, what are following Tommy Lee on Facebook? Yes, <laughs> you know, <I> yes. <laughs> Here's another little
0: element of this that I thought was interesting. So his new wife is Brittany Furlan, who is a very, uh, you know, internet savvy person. She grew up in the age, she's much younger than Tommy Lee. Yeah. Tommy Lee is a, is, is a character from the 80s and 90s who doesn't really understand the internet in the same way, but he's married to someone who is you know, basically a YouTube kind of TikTok-y person, and yeah. has always been. So her response to this, and when Pam and Tommy's tape was stolen from a safe, there was outrage. They These were two people that, although out there and, and very sort of glamorous, wanted to keep that part of their life private yeah uh britney in responding to this did so in a very tiktok way she posted a video of her sort of scrolling through and and <laughs> widening her eyes as she sees a a ding of a notification from tommy lee i thought it was an interesting contrast from the way pam reacted yeah.
1: to their tape well, being exposed the world's different now and i think younger generations you know it's
0: they, not they, a, they big have a different deal. approach to
1: it yeah and, and also like once you get past the prudishness of it Tommy Lee's got nothing to be ashamed of. He really so. does it.
0: It's hard to imagine ever wanting to wear pants when you look like
1: Tommy Lee. It really is. It's hard to imagine being able to wear pants like Tommy Lee. I don't know. So,
0: uh, all right, that'll do it for us. Uh, go ahead and download the podcast wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks.